0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
2: Welcome back, everybody, four
3: minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and sitting next to me is my wife, Renee, who keeps me in order and keeps me in line. It's a tough job, folks. It is a tough job, but that's okay. You get paid for it. Would you pull up Rudy's number
4: again? Oh, yeah.
5: Somebody called in. um, They didn't get the phone number for the 1969 Shasta RV trailer. For free. Yeah, that's free. So here you go. The phone number is 623-546-2981. His name is Rudy. 623-546-2981.
3: All You got anything else on your mind?
5: Yeah, I, I wish you'd find some other um, occupations that you could compare to. <laughs> I, I'm trying...
3: You know, I, I could talk about a veterinarian That's and right. a doctor. That's better. Okay, I could talk about an airplane pilot and a lawyer. I mean, okay. I, w- I was looking for wide variations. Yeah,
5: you were. So you, you, you were know like kind of narrow on you, that you, one. <laughs> I was using the
3: gynecologist versus a car repair people. Okay. We both work under the hood, so to speak.
5: Oh, my! Okay? Oh, <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> Never mind. Let's get Kirks taken care of real quick. Wait a minute. <laughs> they both work under the hood. Oh,
3: stop that it. was a joke. I saw the other day and I knew I could trick you in, in oh, into my. that.
5: Yeah, you did. Suck me right in I can in. hear I Gil, Gil laughing.
3: <laughs> I can hear Gil laughing. Uh Gil's our engine Gil's oh, my our engineer. Goodness. So um 602-508-0960. The front lines are wide open on the car side. Uh who's that? Ken. Ken. Alright, real quick though. If you're coming up north, we're up north right now. We're at we're at the ranch. <laughs> and this morning it was nineteen degrees at five thousand feet. Right now, it's 32 degrees at 5,000 feet. If you go up to Heber Forest Lakes and you get up on the rim, it's going to be colder. So I don't know about the snow and rain. I'm not a weatherman. I'm just telling you, if you're coming up north, it's beautiful up here, but just bring your jackets and your mittens.
5: Make sure your coolant's at yep. minus 40 degrees Which it's is
3: cold. 50-50 mix. Right. They sell a, a thing, and, and when you're when you test your coolant and it says it's, Covered down to 10 degrees above zero, you don't have enough coolant. Right. But a 50/50 mix of coolant gives you a protection of 40 below zero, and yeah. that's the reason why we use that number. That's a that's a clear um, clear sign that. You actually did put 50 50 water and yeah. coolant into your car. You
5: know what else is wiper blades? I don't know. We always forget in Phoenix because we hardly ever use our wipers, but I'm not kidding you. It makes a huge difference up here, too, with the snow and the rain. And we have to
3: admit something. Yes. We just put wiper blades on your car because yes. it looked like some young child had cleaned the windshield after we turned the wiper blades on. Yeah. And we just did my truck.
5: I know. Yeah. So and and we're you, out fast in Phoenix. Well, I think
3: on your, how many miles are on your Ford?
5: 54,000. Yeah,
3: I think we've put five sets of wipers on your car. I've only had one on my Dodge for 66,000 yeah, miles. Right. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to go on. We're going to pass on through to Ken. Ken, good morning to you. How can I help you?
2: Yes, thank you. I have a 91 Ford Ranger. It has uh, 86,000 miles on it. I, I a, I'm the second owner, and I've put about 10,000 highway miles on it. When it's cold, it starts quickly, you know, uh, three, four, five seconds of cranking. It starts and runs smoothly. Uh, but most of the time when the engine's warmed up, uh, I have to go through the three-step process that the owner's manual uh, outlined. Crank for five seconds, turn it off for ten seconds, crank for ten, five seconds, Turn it off for ten seconds, then press the uh, pedal to the floor and crank, and it usually starts then. Is okay. this a design problem or is there a fix for this?
3: Well, um, we're talking apples and oranges here. Um, it's your your truck is fuel injected, right? It's a ninety one.
2: Yes, it's the uh, three okay. liter V six.
3: Okay, all right. Um, the, the the owner's manual says, it, it, we're going to break this into two parts. When you hold your foot to the floor, that's because the engine is flooded with gasoline. And, okay. and you're giving it as much air as possible and wide open throttle the computer sees no RPM so the computer says well the motors not running and Ken's got his foot to the floor that means he wants me to stop spraying gas into the engine and I know his foot's on the floor because the throttle position sensor tells me that his foot's on the floor so I'm going to give that engine as much air and try to dilute the gasoline now the first part of this is where you crank for three seconds or five seconds here's the deal if the fuel pump has lost pressure I'm gonna change that process And I'm going to say, turn the key on for three or four seconds. Don't go to crank. Just turn the key on, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. Turn the key off. Now, here's what we're doing. We're going to turn the pump on for about three or four seconds, but the computer's going to see that the motor doesn't start. Now, it didn't start for you on your cranking, and it's not starting for me because I'm not going to to crank. So it turns on the fuel pump for three or four seconds and goes, shut off fuel pump. It ain't starting. So I'm just exercising the fuel pump, building pressure. I just want to build pressure. So after I cycle the key three or four times, I know that I have 30, 40 pounds of pressure. Next time I hit it, it starts right up. So I don't know about you having to put your foot on the floor, but I want you to try it my way. My way is key on, count to four, key off, key on, count to four, key on, key off, turn it back on, count to four, turn it off. You do that three times. And then take your foot off the gas and start it. Now, if it starts then what we have is we have a loss of fuel pump pressure. There are three reasons for that. An injector is leaking. The check valve in the fuel tank, in the fuel pump, is leaking. It's allowing the pressure to escape. It's not containing fuel pressure. Because once you shut the car off, it has 40 pounds, and it should have 40 pounds tomorrow, the next day, the next day. Then last, the fuel pressure regulator could be bad. And if you want to guess on all of those, I can tell you this much. I can fix anything on there for half of the guests by the time you replace all three of those. So I, I want you to have it diagnosed. But this isn't going to be a tough one. You need to drop the car off you know, the night before and tell the shop what's going on, and they'll start it in the morning. But what they're going to do is they're going to hook up a fuel pressure gauge to the motor and to the fuel rail. In the morning, they're going to have their fuel pressure gauge attached, and it, and it shows whatever it shows. Mm-hmm. And if they attach it and it's 10 pounds, then they know we've got a leak. So if they cycle the key on the first time, on, count to four, turn it off, the needle goes to 35. Then he cycles the key on again, and it goes to 45. Ooh. And then he he hits the key and he starts it.
5: Yeah, warm start,
3: Well, here's what's happening. The warm start is he went to the liquor store, he got his wife a bottle of booze, then he went to the grocery store, and those are warm starts. We haven't had time to lose pressure, but on a cold start, he loses pressure. There is a method to my madness.
5: No, he said it's hard on warm start, which is opposite of what you'd think. Uh, Okay, okay, all
3: right. One way or another, once we fix the problem, we can explain why it's cold and why it's hot.
4: Okay. But I don't think it's
3: flooding at at, at 91, and he hasn't said anything about black smoke, Mm -hmm. which is flooding. He'd have, he'd have billows of black smoke out the tailpipe. Okay. So I listen carefully to what they say, but really what needs to happen is somebody needs to start this up or check the fuel pressure first thing in the morning uh, uh, and go drive it and then do it hot and find out what it is in the morning and what it is in the afternoon. Yeah. And and I think it's going to be a fuel pressure problem, um, but I'll explain why it was hot and, and cold later. You will. Yeah, after it's fixed. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I, you, don't, okay, you, you, don't want, you don't want to use that as being your focus. Right. It, you, that question will be answered after we figure out why it doesn't start. Who cares when it won't start? It doesn't start.
5: Oh, I thought there was a big difference. but
3: No, anyway. it, it's, it's, a, it's a question that can be answered later. It's, I feel bad. And he goes, okay. And he goes, well, I found a dead fish in your stomach, and that's why you feel bad. Well, (laughs) he can tell you now why you feel bad, because he found the dead fish. Okay. So, anyway, thank you very much, Ken. Thank you for that, and hopefully I helped you. If you want to shop, if you don't have a shop that you like, then go to MarkSalem.com and look at my best car repair shops list, and those guys there are all capable of finding and fixing your problem. Six zero two five. Lorraine, hang on just a second. Lorraine, 602 508 602 going to get to Lorraine in just a second. A, a shop I want to tell everybody about is Kurtz Auto. It's I-17 and Bell. Kurtz is a master tech. Jeff and Eric are both master techs, so Kurtz the owner. Jeff is the service manager. He handles the shop, and Eric is in the shop, and he's the shop foreman, so to speak. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys are really good, especially Jeff and Eric. Now they're younger Bucks and they don't have grey hair yet and they think they know it all but they don't really know it all and Kurt and I are prepared to tell them they don't oh, know it all. Okay. But in reality, every time I've sent somebody to Kurtz with, with the problem that starts off with I've had it to five shops and nobody can fix it, they call me back and say Kurtz took care of it. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very good. If you live anywhere near I seventeen in Bell, Kurtz is a great place. Lorraine, go right ahead.
6: Uh, could you tell me if there's any warning when you're going to need your timing belt done?
3: Well, what kind of car is it first?
6: It's a 2006 Highlander.
3: Okay. Have you looked in your owner's manual for the, the suggested mileage or time interval?
2: 90,000 miles.
3: Okay. Let, let me tell you um, the concerns, okay? Okay. The timing belt is the same as the timing chain, except it's a rubber belt with teeth or cogs, we call them. And when the timing belt breaks, the car stops and the motor doesn't start again. Now, in about 20% of the time, there'll be significant engine damage because here's what's going on, Lorraine. The bottom part of the motor keeps spinning, but the top of the part, part of the motor stops spinning. And so we have a collision between the pistons and the valves. Now if it's all synchronized then the bottom works and the top is working and they're synchronized it's 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 a beautiful what's what's a dance you know you got 10 people dancing choreography that's it it's it's a synchronized dance between the top and the bottom of the engine so as a result of that um, you have complete synchronization you lose the timing belt you lose the synchronization how many how many how many give me the year of your Highlander? 06. 06. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let me tell you what my personal um, limit is and and I tell my customers, but I also practice what I preach. 8 years and 80,000 miles okay. is kind of my my number and I think you're at 11 years. Now, let me also suggest something to you. Okay. When they take the timing belt out, they're going to have to take all the fan belts off. They're going to have to probably be right there at the water pump right at the water pump Um, and they're probably going to be in some other areas in the front of that motor and so if you were to say i would like you to, to replace the water pump chances are there's no labor because they have to take the water pump off anyway now there may be a little labor but where it would take 150 to take the water pump off they've already removed all the ancillary items to expose the water pump so instead of 150 on the way in to do the timing belt, and on the way out, it's $10 labor or $20 labor. So there's a significant savings. Now, the fan belts cost you no labor because we have to take the fan belts off to do the timing belt and then put your old fan belts on. It doesn't make any difference if we put your old ones on or your new ones on. The labor is paid for already. Okay. So um, it's And now I'm going to give you the bad news. You're going to be in the 1000 uh, to $1,500 range because um, I'm going to tell you this is what the bid's going to look like. It's going to be the timing belt, then it's going to be the tensioner, and it may be the idler pulley, and those are the three components that are important to the timing belt. Then there's going to be coolant and an oil change, and the labor. And by the time you're done with all of that on your Highlander, I'm bidding it high. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to admit to you. I'm bidding it high because I don't want to bid it low and have you think I'm an idiot. <laughs> so if they come in under me, then you're going to feel good about that. So I'm, I'm going to say to you, off the top of my um, gray hair, headed hair, my gray hair headed. What, how does that go? I don't My know. gray hair, my head a full of gray hair. Okay. I'm going to guess between 1000 and probably 1400 bucks.
5: Yeah. Okay. Well, how many miles do you have on it now, Lorraine?
6: Close to 100000
5: Oh, and you've never had it done?
6: Nope. Nobody ever mentioned
5: it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay.
6: Let me tell you something changed.
3: else. <laughs> okay. And and, and and God bless him for, for noticing that. Let me tell you a, an example of something that just um, made me really mad the other day. A lady called me and said she pulled into a facility, I'm not going to name the facility. I'm not going to say if it's an independent store, a chain store, or a dealership. I'm just going to tell you the story. This lady's pulling in to the area, and another lady service writer walks out and says to her, um, "I heard your motor mounts. I heard your car when you pulled in, and your motor mounts are bad." Wow. <laughs> wow is right. Wow is right. I want to tell you, Lorraine. There's no, there's no God-gifted man, woman, or child in the United States or in the world that's going to be able to say that when you pull in. And that is just cut and dried. Um, somebody trying to sell a lady a set of motor mounts that could cost 850 to $1,300 for four motor mounts and all the installation. And when that happens, you, you here's your self-defense, uh, Lorraine. You say, well, you know, thank you very much for t- for t- looking out for me. Would you just write that on your business card that I need four motor mounts and then uh, sign your name to it on the back of the business card? And that way yeah. I'll have your phone number. And that's not going to happen. Yeah. You're exactly right. That lady, God bless her, but that lady was trained by some yahoo to say that, because they need money, because they're sh- short on business, and because their bays are empty. And so it's, it's called odometer surfing. If I would have looked at your car, I would have known it's an 06, mm-hmm. and I would have known that you're past your 90. Now, every car is different. Some of the cars need a timing belt earlier, and some of them are later. But you're a little bit late, and I want to tell you something. I think your risk is enhanced in April, because when we start going through the summertime, if your belt's going to break after 11 years... And you're ten over. Mm-hmm. I think your risk is huge. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to. i I think I would want you to do that before the summertime. Oh yeah. Okay.
6: I'll have it done pretty soon. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, is this a complicated thing? Or uh, uh, I was. I have been to. Uh, is it Auto Park on Raintree? Tree
4: a- Air, yes, Air Park? Yes. Air yeah. Park.
6: Okay. I have been there, and a, a while ago for something else. And. But I was wondering if this is not that big a deal, I could just go to a local place.
4: place I
3: want to comes. tell you, on a 1 to 10 scale, mm-hmm. on a 1 to 10 scale, this is an 8. Okay. This is not for a, a young man who okay. just changes oil. And I want you to know that because it's an 8, it, the risk and reward is tilted dramatically. Okay. If he doesn't get that belt on exactly right... It has to be synchronized in all these gears that it touches. He's going to bend all the valves in your in your Highlander, and then he's going to have a three thousand dollar bill to disassemble the top part of your engine and send it out and have all the bent valves replaced. And that alone is probably six thousand bucks. And and here's a kid that should never have been in that in that in that food chain for a timing belt on a Highlander who raised his hand and and now he's neck deep in alligators. So on a one to ten scale, this is a number eight. So you need you need somebody who's ASC certified or something like that. All righty, we're gonna take a break. You should have told me a long time ago.
5: I've been trying to tell you. Then kick Gil's, me. Gil's having a heart attack it, over there. Then you
3: <laughs> k- kick me, or or you or you slap me, okay. or something to get me to look at the Mark, clock. Mark, we need to go now. Okay, Gil, I'm out.
1: <laughs> now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101.
7: You might know Connecticut water protects your pipes and plumbing from hard water. But let's talk a minute about good drinking water. A lot of your holiday recipes will call for water. Pure, chlorine-free water will make a huge difference in those recipes. There's a reason why many restaurants use Kinetico water. It tastes great. And what about those holiday libations? You need crystal pure ice for them. Nobody wants to see floaties in their drink when the ice melts. The fact is, our Arizona water has a high total dissolved solid level. That's a technical term for floaties. But also includes things you can't see with the naked eye. Call Kinetico today and get a system installed before the holidays. They're offering 25% off the K-5 drinking water station or $200 off their twin-tank, non-electric, whole-house solution. Call 602-904-5800. That's 602-904-5800. Maricopa Water is the exclusive, authorized, independent Connecticut dealer for Phoenix and Tucson and is used by Mrs. Claus and all her recipes.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Mark and Renee Salem here. Both of us have been in the car repair business, but she's not an ASC Master Certified Technician for the last 25 or 30 years. But she does know cars, and she's here to help me. Now, let me explain something to you. Yes. When you want me to take a break, you put your fists together as if you're going to break like a yeah. piece, a small piece of wood. That means break. You said I could okay. kick you. I your, like that better. Your fiddle <laughs> finger is not going to work. I don't understand that. That's okay. something I see every day of my life, but your fiddle finger is not one I understand. <laughs> okay. There right. go. All and, right. And and just real quick, why do people want their old cars, parts back?
5: Well, so they can... Well... If it doesn't fix what we went in to fix, then we can always put the old parts back on and start from scratch. Is one reason. Or if you have the belt wasn't broken and um, you get out, you know, somewhere Wilcox, Arizona on a Sunday, where there's no place, you still have a belt that maybe somebody can change for you. So.
3: And here's the here's the thing. People go, I don't know, it's broken. I I can't tell. Here, you, you know what an Oreo cookie looks like? Yes. Okay. Chocolate and then white and chocolate? Yes. Okay. That's a motor mount. Okay. okay. The chocolate is metal okay. and the white is the big rubber pillow. Right. Okay. So when I hand you a motor mount and the the chocolate off the top and the chocolate off the bottom are broken and, and the middle is gone. Right. Then you know what you, exactly. you're looking at. Exactly. You can at. see what. So, yeah. anyway, that's why you should always ask for your old parts back. Those are the two the reasons. Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing in Mesa has been around since 1970. Brian and Thelma are personal friends of Renee's and mine. They are honest, they're dependable. We know them, we know their families um you know we just we are the very best of friends and he has never let me down he's never created a problem that he couldn't fix most recently he had a car a guy who brought in his own parts and one of them was defective and there was a significant amount of diagnostics that needed to to be done And Brian helped this guy. And as a matter of fact, we looked at it too. And then Brian went back, and after he ordered a new strut, Brian stuck it on. And he didn't charge him any of that diagnostic time. And I thought that was pretty nice of him because it wasn't his part that was defective. It was the customer's part. At the end of the day, Brian and Thelma did a great job. Mm -hmm. So if you're in Mesa, the only place in Mesa that I can recommend is Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. They're on Main Street just east of Stapley. And Glenn, you're up. How can
8: I help you? Hi, I really enjoy your program, Mark.
3: Thank you very much. Thank
8: you. Look, I couldn't, I couldn't find a, a lingerie salesman anywhere, so I figured I'll call the guy on the radio.
4: <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. Tell me what you that got. The in... his panties in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
8: my gosh. Oh goodness, I get a kick out of this program. I got a, a, hopefully a Thank simple you. question. Um, can I use uh, the headlight restorer? to clean up uh, some scratches on my uh, uh, gauge uh, plastic?
3: That is a great question. Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that because I think the headlight, re- well, you know what? The headlight restore, we're talking about the plastic covers. Right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the plastic covers. Yeah. I think I would. I would try a corner that didn't have a gauge underneath it and I would do a little polishing on that first. Yeah. But frankly, off the top, of well, let's look at it from this point of view. you got nothing to lose.
4: Yeah.
5: The only thing I can say is I've watched the guys do this before, and it's a huge mess. I mean, they use a buffer, and they use different things, and they have to tape it all off, so calm. I don't know if you have a room calm enough your, calm room down. in there. Calm
3: down. Let me explain, but gauges. thank you for the question. Yeah. Okay, thank you for the question, but you need to calm down. Why? He's talking about a headlight restore that you buy at the auto parts store that you kind of put it on and then you buff it off. Okay. Okay. What we're doing is we're doing a 10-part 3M headlight restoration, and we guarantee ours for what, three years, and his is an annual or more redone. He didn't
5: say any of that.
3: No, no, but I know because (laughs) he doesn't have the equipment we have because the kit's $3,000. So he's not going to buy a $3,000 kit to polish his headlights. Okay. He's going to go to the auto parts store and buy that stuff. Gotcha. So what she's talking about is, is part of the problem on the headlights is when you're buffing it, There's white um, uh, paste being thrown all over everywhere, Mm -hmm. and we have a hood and stuff that we use, and we duct or we mask off all the the headlights. So we're actually buffing and polishing and then coating your headlights. Yeah. So that's why she's saying you won't do that on the dashboard, and you're right. Mm -hmm. So, are we square?
8: Mm, well, the thing is, is my my uh, the the clear plastic over the instruments doesn't look anything like a, a, a really bad headlight. It's really minor scratching from people using rags with maybe a little dirt on them.
3: Uh-huh.
8: So you know my um, so my re- resurfacing is really going to be pretty minor. Not I don't need to. I don't need a machine. Just uh, you know a cloth with uh with some uh, stuff on it
3: no I, I I agree with you. Um, I agree that you are best served by the, the 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 small bottle at the auto parts store. I agree that with mm-hmm. that. I want you to try it. I can tell you that the plastic in your dash panel is is going to be a little different composition than the plastic on your headlights because right. the environments of the two of them are completely different right I would just I would just smear a little bit on the corner and I'd polish it out and then I'd sh- shine a flashlight on it and if you can clearly see the difference now I, I don't want you to do car wax. Because if you put car wax on there first, then you're going to have a heck of a mess using that headlight restoration product. But if the headlight restoration problem doesn't work well, then I think I would use a, poly- a small buffing wheel with a with a wool skin, and I would do a car wax on it and see what happens. I wouldn't fling wax all over the place, but I would I would try to polish it with a with a a, a car wax thing, or a you know like a wool pad. Are you yelling break again? All right. Anyway, Glenn, thank you very much for the question. And I didn't mean to insinuate that you were going to use that big buffer. I had to square my wife away. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's 31. We'll be back.
5: So, Justin, I was playing that video game Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like,
4: and
5: then I went playing in this virtual stream where this water, it looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest, the real forest, where I was running down this, well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool, too.
7: This weekend, Unplugged. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
9: Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the
1: old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie.
9: Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
3: Well, welcome back, everybody. Mark Salem and Renee Salem here at your service. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. We're going to talk about automatic ex- transmission exchange for just a second. Automatic transmission exchange is affectionately called ATE in our industry. They've been at Forty Street in Washington since Jesus was a baby. These guys have gray hair like you've never seen, and they are good at what they do. Phil's the owner, and he's a great guy, and his staff are great guys, and they know how to diagnose problems. They know how to fix problems. And like Phil says, and many of the transmission owner shops say, that not everything needs a, tr- tr- a transmission overhaul. There's probably some shops out there that try to overhaul everything because they don't know how to fix independently you know, small parts or pieces and stuff, but Phil's not that guy. So if you're in Phoenix and you need some transmission work, or you need somebody to drive your car with you, and you can make it happen. Then Automatic Transmission Exchange and Phil would be the guys. Randall, you're up. What can we do for you today?
8: Good morning. Well, you can help me
6: fix my truck. Okay. All right. Let me tell you about this sad story, and then what do you want? Your make and model first, or you just want to hear the story?
3: Yeah. No, no. Give me your make and model, and then just basically, I'm really interested in the symptoms. That's yeah, what, that's what that's I'm going to tell most you.
6: Important. All right. Okay the uh you this is an oldie this guy is a labor of love i've been bringing it back from the dead and so it's a 79 okay. k20 uh, okay and uh, the problem i'm having with it Chevy. right now is related to the brakes i loaded it up i was going to take it down to a campsite and go spend some time with my uh, hunting buddies and i got on the freeway and i got about eight miles and i noticed it was running really sluggish and didn't seem to want to go finally it got so bad i uh Uh, pulled off and uh, got down into a residential area to look at it. And uh, the right front brake was actually had a little bit of smoke coming off of it. So uh, I said, well, I can't go anywhere with this. I'll call a tow truck. I called the tow truck, and you know that takes 45 minutes, an hour. So we're sitting there, and by the time the tow truck guy showed up, he says, can I drive this enough to get it up there? And I said, well, it's kind of dragging the brake, but I think you can do it. Well, he started it up, and it backed right up and drove right up onto the truck real easy. Then uh, I got it home, and I said, well, let's see if I can figure it out a little better. I took it out. I drove it. uh, I drove it a lot, trying to, you know, around surface streets. Each time I drive a little further, took it out onto the uh, freeway a couple times, and I think I probably drove it three times as much as I'd driven it that morning. That morning I drove about eight miles. That afternoon I drove it. 20, 20. Okay,
4: okay,
3: okay. All right. All right, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Um, I think you were pushing the right side of the brake pedal instead of the left side of the brake pedal.
4: Oh! How about that?
3: That's all it is. <laughs> I think that's it. That's a, That's all you got is because you said there was the right front. <laughs> oh, and so, stop it. <laughs> Um, one thing here's I want to ask, so to do. I thought
6: it was okay, and I'd take it out. I took it out this morning again, see if I couldn't get on down there. I drove almost the exact same distance, okay. almost the same
3: no, None of that makes any difference. Okay. None of that makes any difference. I don't care if you drive it from here to San Francisco and it's you think it's okay. You need to replace both calipers and both front brake lines. That's what you need to replace. It's not the master cylinder. Uh-huh. It's one. It's probably the brake hose on the right side. On that old '79, and it's probably got the inner liner that's come apart, and so the last time you hit the brakes, then the fluid went past, then the, the, the gate closed behind it, which caused that caliper to stick and overheat that right front. So what you, I'm, what I hear you thinking about is, is you're going to roll the dice, and I'm telling you, if that first tow was expensive, wait till you get the one when you're in the mountains with your hunting buddies.
6: No and you have to be kidding, guy, home. I understand it, but so, let me tell you. I told you I'm bringing it back from the dead, and I never would have tried to take it to, I have uh, put new calipers, pads. It's got new front brake hoses. It's got. It's even got a new master cylinder, rebuilt. Uh, okay. Got all that. All kind right. Of well,
3: see, you're. All right. Well, you basically what you're telling me is, is that you're bleeding, but um, your your skin is intact, and 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 I, 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 I now that you've thrown it in there, I haven't changed my mind. One wheel. That's the problem area. Okay. So you can go in and do a new brake hose and do a caliper, but you run a risk when you don't match calipers of a hard pull left or right with braking. That's why I said a pair. All right. So you can do whatever you want, but there's only it's not the master cylinder, so it's either the caliper or the hose, and I think it's the hose, but I've been wrong before. But if you, if you want to roll the dice, go ahead. But if you don't, at the very minimum, replace the right front caliper and the right front hose. Well,
6: let me give so, you one more again. thing that I didn't quite get to. It, it, when this happens, it develops a really hard brake pedal. And like I said, about if I sit for about 45 minutes or so, the whole thing goes away. So.
4: Okay, I,
3: I I don't I don't know what that means. The the rock-hard brake pedal um, could be the master cylinders locked up, but if that's the case, why didn't you have all four tires and, and brakes overheating? So, I, I mean, there's lots of twists and turns. Uh, I haven't changed my mind. Brake hose on the right front and caliper on the right front, and that's going to minimize the risk that you're going to need a tow truck down the road. All right, thank you very much, Randall. Greg, you're up. Oh, wait a minute. Got to go right.
5: for a break first.
3: I hate it when you do that. Can't we just talk? Can't you not embarrass me? <laughs> People are knowing that I, I've Start done radio for 22 years without you. and Today,
5: now, you've just been a little off on time-wise. I don't know what it is, but I know. you're having a hard time with My hard
3: drive is in defrag <laughs> right now. <laughs> so we'll be back right after this. Hey, and by the way, Greg, stay there.
1: Larry Elder is continually dumbfounded by the media.
10: The Harvey Weinstein scandal. Uh, it's now being used by the left to say, well, Donald Trump did the same thing. So uh, we've elected uh, Donald Trump. We've done uh, Harvey Weinstein. The, the issue is really, really, really not just what's going on in Hollywood. The issue is well, Donald Trump.
1: The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 9 on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot.
10: Comfort Care Home Care, a premier provider of home care services, is a proud sponsor of the Aging in Arizona show on 960 The Patriot. If you or a loved one needs support at home, the experienced and compassionate caregivers of Comfort Care can provide a wide variety of companion and personal care services, including assistance with bathing, grooming, mobility, transportation, and meal preparation. They also provide services such as Alzheimer's care, medication reminders, and safety supervision for fall prevention. Comfort Care services are available throughout the greater Phoenix area and can assist you or your loved one for a few hours a week or 24 hours a day. Call today to learn how Comfort Care can support your family with the highest level of care. 602-438-1300. Again, that's 602-438-1300 for care home care supporting independence dignity and quality of life
9: even inside that winter coat that moved with you to phoenix our job is to unlock those jobs and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local goodwill here's how we do it when you donate to goodwill we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community so just by teaming up with goodwill you help create jobs and isn't that worth parting with the leftover key tar from your 80s cover band Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.
1: The media landscape has changed. Let's be clear. Donald Trump will lose the election. Wrong. I personally think this race is over. To me, this race is over.
7: Politico's latest survey agrees: quote, Clinton will crush Trump.
1: Wrong. From major network television down to local radio. Fake news is being exposed. You are fake news. But there's one station that doesn't talk at you, but with you. One station that doesn't talk about important people, but to them. There's one station that doesn't pretend to be what it isn't. That station is the number one conservative station in the valley 960 The Patriot. Don't stand for entertainment in place of information. Stand with The Patriot. Hashtag I'm with The Patriot isn't just a trend. It's a statement. Your voice, your station. 960 The Patriot and 960thepatriot.com. Hashtag I'm with the Patriot. Together, we will make America great again. Hugh Hewitt in the morning to Larry Elder at night with the best live show in the Valley at 3 p.m. with Seth and Chris. The only conservative station in the Valley. 960 The Patriot. Hashtag I'm with the Patriot. A station exposing the lack of transparency in the media today to hold the truth accountable. 960 The Patriot, where truth matters. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after
3: the hour, 11 o'clock. We're going to go till noon. Let me tell you real quick about SNS Tire Service. They have three locations, and they've been around since 1976. They are located in Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear they have a tremendous tremendous who does that sound like okay stop okay tremendous tire inventory they have the same size in three or four different brands so you could go there and say give me a tire a set you know give me a price for a set of tires from your good, your better, and your best line, and then you can decide. And they're going to give you, the right your check now, and these four tires are going to be put on your car. So they don't play games by underbidding it, and then all of a sudden you get there and it's $30, 40 50 60 $70 more because they didn't accept shop supplies, environmental charges, sales tax, and FET. They're telling you out the door. So if you're there, no matter whether you got wheelbarrow tires to tractor tires to semi tires and everything in between, S&S tire from the west side, will be the place to handle your needs. Let's go to Greg. Greg, good morning to you. How can I
10: help you?
8: Good morning. I've got a 2006 Honda Accord with about 175,000 miles on it. It's an automatic transmission. Uh And the past few months, uh, when you go to accelerate uh, from a stop, uh, it it feels like something's slipping and then catching. Uh, I, I thought perhaps it might be the automatic transmission, it to a transmission guy. He says, I don't think it's transmission. He throws uh, uh, one of those diagnostic computers on it and, and says that uh, it's saying that my O2 sensor is bad. He said that might be the cost. Changed it out, but it still does it.
4: Still hey, there, Greg. Yeah,
3: Greg, let let me just have you pick it up. You took it to the transmission guy, and then fill in from there.
8: Okay, I took it to the transmission guy. Uh, He said, uh, it doesn't seem like transmission to me. He puts it on a diagnostic uh, computer. Uh, The computer says that my O2 sensor is is, uh, bad. They changed it out, but it didn't cure the problem.
4: All right.
3: Well, there's a couple of things. You just wadded up my proverbial underwear, and I'm not mad at you, but I want to arm you with something. You look him in the eye and you say, is this going to fix it or not? Because I don't want to pay for guessing. If you want to guess, we're guessing with your money, buddy. We're not guessing with mine. So if you think the O2 sensor is going to take care of it, fine. Just because it's an O2 sensor code does not mean it's an O2 sensor. I I replace fuel filters to fix O2 sensors. I replace PCV valves. I have vacuum leaks. I have all kinds of issues. Less than 20% of O2 codes actually necessitate the replacement of one of the O2 sensors. Let's get back to your transmission. You you, you need to find another garage than that guy there. He he says that an O2 sensor is going to cause something with a shift problem? All right, I need you to manually shift your transmission both hot and cold. So, I, when you get in in the morning, you put it in reverse, back up. I want you to pull it down into first. I want you to go and then click, go to second, click, go to third, click, go to fourth, above 45 miles an hour. Then when you're coming to a stop, I want you to downshift yourself. So, you're going to go out overdrive to drive, drive into three, three into two, two into one. I want you to do that. The question is, is, is it doing it then? Because when you take over the manually shifting, then what you're describing could very well be that it's stopping in second gear, and when you go to give it gas, it's downshifting to first gear or the other way around. It's okay. quick shifting from first to second. So I'm going to assume that it's going to be a transmission sh- deal, and I want you to do what I said. Now, if you say that doesn't change it, it's exactly the same, then I want you to find a shop and, and, and learn how to duplicate it, and I want you to take them for a ride. I, okay. I, you say to them, I, I'd like to take one of your technicians. I promise I won't have him for a half a day. I'd like to just borrow him for 10 minutes, 15 at the most, and I can make it happen, and then I'm going to teach him how to make it happen. Because I want to tell you something. If you come to my shop with that kind of an attitude, I'm probably going to hug you. You're going to save yourself tremendous diagnostic money by teaching us how to make it happen. So am I willing to give you a guy for 5, 10, 15 minutes so he can come back and he can make it happen and we can find it and fix it better? Oh, heck yes I am. So that's what I would do. Do you have a repair shop other than this O2 sensor guy?
8: Yeah, I do. I I actually took it to this place because it was rated pretty high as far as the transmission service, and I was thinking it was transmission. So, uh, anyways, you know that. Okay,
3: well, let me tell happened. you something. There. Okay, tra- trans. There's lots of transmission shops because we don't even service them for a hundred thousand miles, and because they're lasting two or three hundred thousand miles, there's a lot of transmission shops that have all of a sudden become experts in every other field in the world. Now, Salem is not an expert in transmissions, so we're not overhauling them, and we do fix ancillary items, but as far as overhauling them, we don't do that because we're not going to be good at it. They're not good at O2 sensors, and they're not good, but they're cherry-picking the industry. So when you go in there, oh, they'll do ride control, which is shocks and struts and bushings and ball joints and all that kind of stuff, because that's very lucrative, and most people don't know what's wrong and what isn't. So if you go in and you get ride control for $2,000, you're happy, but there's nothing gone. You never had any symptoms on the front side. So you have to be careful. Um, you know, I. What part of town do you live in? I'll suggest something from you for you.
4: I, I live. I live off uh, eighty. Well, eighty
8: third Avenue and Joe Max.
3: Okay, I'd probably go to Thunderbird Auto and talk to Tom at eighty eighth and Thunderbird. Um, I, I think if you could take take him for a ride or one of his guys for a ride, I think that that would be well worth the time. But anyway, thank you. I don't mean to make fun of you. I'm just disappointed in our industry when you come in for what you believe to be a transmission issue. I'm quite sure that you left that that shop with a $150 bill? At least. Uh, I was a $200 bill.
8: Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. My wife guessed higher than I did. Anyway, well, thanks, Greg. Know, Gabriel, you're...
8: Yeah, the, the bottom I'm line sorry. is, is I, I blew it because I've heard you give that, that advice before on is this going to cure my problem, and I just didn't do it.
3: That's okay. It's okay. That's okay. It'll save you money if you just look him in the eye and say, if we're guessing, buddy, we're guessing with your money. That separates the men from the boys. I told a guy the other day, you bring your card for the vibration. If I don't fix it, you don't have to pay for it you You bring it in, and I'll let you have it for twenty four hours at the end of twenty four hours if I fixed your vibration, call me with your credit card. If not don't come back that's confidence, and there's a lot of us in our industry that can say that gabriel you're up next. How can I help you
4: uh good morning Yes I have a 2000, uh I have a two
6: thousand one Ford uh, focus that uh after driving ten or fifteen minutes uh the um how do you hold that? The, the instrument instrument panel dies. But okay. the car keeps going like nothing
10: happened.
3: Okay. And then it comes back. Okay. Um, I want you to do this for me. Uh when it when it when it goes off without putting yourself in danger, without taking your eyes off the road, I want you to take your fist and I want you to hit the right side of the dashboard up on the dashboard and I want you to hit it. Not hard enough to hurt someone, but if you have a son that's 16 years old, it would be about how hard you hit him in the head when he says something stupid. Mm -hmm. So I I don't want you to beat a hole in the dashboard, but I want you to do the right side, then the middle, and the left side, and I'll bet you dollars to donuts that you can hit it and make it come back on. Now, what does that tell us? It tells us we got a bad connection. So maybe we pull the dash panel out and... There's a main connector on it, and maybe we take it off and we clean it all up, put a little dielectric grease, put it back on, and say, here, try this, Gabriel. So, oh, okay. But you're going to tell us for sure that it's a bad connection because when you hit the top of the dash and jar the dashboard, it comes back on. When you walk in and tell them that, you saved yourself some money. So try that first. I don't know what's wrong with your dashboard, but if you came in with that information, I'd sure be happy. Okay. All right?
7: Thank okay, you very much, Gabriel.
3: Ed, you bet. Ed, I want to tell you that anybody named Ed is on my favorites list because everybody in my family has Ed in their name. So um, you're probably a really good guy, so you have my full attention.
4: <laughs> well, thanks very much. I nice <laughs> talk to you. Uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh,
3: I, I, I mean that.
4: <laughs> okay, good. Thanks. Uh, I have a 1980 GMC van and it's got one electrical component in it that's gone bad, that's the ignition control module, and I replaced it, it runs okay, but I'm told these things go every once in a while. Is that true? They, you got to be replaced Wait. every uh...
3: Well, hold on, hold on. This ignition control module is in the distributor, and right. it has like three pins out one side and two pins out the other, or is it two and two? Two and two. Okay, good, good, good. Then I'm with you. I'm with you. We're on the same track. Now, when you took it off, you, it took two quarter-inch screws, and you used a nut driver, and you took the screws out, and you unplugged each end. Yes? Yep. Okay, good. So we're eye-to-eye we're eye on this thing. Now, there's two wires on one end of that thing, and and one and they're yellow and green, and they go to a pickup assembly, a plastic device that surrounds the shaft, now right. in order to advance and recharge your timing, we are going to rotate. it's called the pickup assembly. We're going to rotate the pickup assembly. and guess what happens to a van that's thirty seven years old. <laughs> and, and the guy keeps putting in an ignition module and he and and then he tells all of his friends that you have to replace it every six months because they go bad. Right. And that's because he's misdiagnosed it. Now, you have to take the distributor out and you've got to take it apart to replace that pickup assembly, and there's a 50-50 chance you're going to break the housing trying to get the lower pin off of it. My suggestion to you is is if you're going to do the distributor, go get a rebuilt one and stick it in. Uh, you might have a tough time getting it out after there's going to be a lot of trash on top of the different races, so you want to do it gently in and out, in and out, in and out, pour a lot of oil down the, underneath the housing and stuff. Now, another thing is when you put the... Um, ignition module on there. Was there anything else in the box that you didn't understand?
4: Well, uh, the only thing that I noticed was uh, those uh, two wires that go out to where it says tack and battery. Uh-huh. That uh, that fastener, one side of it was uh, broken, so it didn't uh, hold it. The, you know the the one little like uh-huh. plastic clip thing, one side of that was yeah. broken. I think it was on the tack side. Or maybe on the battery okay. side, but I kind of, okay. I don't remember, well, if, if it's on the
3: battery was... side, if it's on the battery side, um, and and you're right, it's p- battery, ground, and tack. Do you have a tachometer? No. Okay, so the tac is there for whatever to tell the computer how fast the RPMs are. If you lose the battery, then you're going to die and stall on the road. What I was hoping you were going to say was, is there's a little, there's this little tube of grease in a clear plastic envelope that came with my ignition module.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, that and, I put on. That's the uh, stuff they say that insulates it.
3: It's the heat. It's a heat transfer, so oh, it, right. it helps dissipate the heat from the. And so you you smear it on the bottom metal part of your ignition module, and you stick it back on your distributor. Now I want to tell you okay. something.
10: Go ahead.
4: Well, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I uh, uh, well, yeah, of course you're right. But the this little tube of stuff that came with the new module. It wasn't like the old you know, the old stuff is die. I guess it's called dielectric compound, and it looks like clear grease. Oh. but the new one had yeah. uh, something called uh i mean it was it was called you know you're supposed to apply it in the same place, but it was white uh it was white, and it was like oh, that's okay. Uh, that's okay taste like it's okay. Or the same thing. okay no it
3: doesn't make any difference the color if it came in the box then that's what they want you to use to to to, to dissipate the heat from the distributor to the ignition module okay. i just want to warn you this distributor on a one to ten scale in this car that's 20 30, 37 years old and that distributor's probably never been out of that thing the difficulty is now nine you need an old guy to pull that distributor out Now, you might talk to your shop and let let you bring a, a rebuilt distributor in, but this could be bad. And if you break it off inside the block or if you can't get it out and you get it jammed where we now have to work with the mess you made, that costs you a lot of money. So I agree that you need to replace the pickup. I agree. There's no question about that. As far as replacing the module on a regular basis, I disagree with that. So if you want to do it on a regular basis, I say you do it every 100,000 miles because they normally last that long. So those are the two issues I've got. Renee, thank you for spending your Saturday with me. You're welcome. And, um, and I'm glad to see do that you're sober choice? this morning. because <laughs> oh, <stop>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, my email is mark at marksalem.com. If you have any car questions, you're welcome to do that. Please leave your phone number and know that if I call you, I'm going to call you from a blocked cell phone for obvious reasons. So just give me your cell phone, and uh, my email is mark at marksalem.com. Thank you for spending your Saturday with me. I'll see you next week at 10 o'clock on Saturday.